Hello everybody and welcome to the Alien vs Predator Galaxy podcast. This is episode 119 and I'm your regular host Aaron Percival aka Corporal Hicks. And this is Adam Zeller aka Ridgetown. And this is AJ Bischoff aka Voodoo Magic. This is Eric also known as Xenomorphine. So I had promised everybody an episode on Predator Hunters 3 for this one. And then Which we've all read, have we? I don't think Eric has yet. We'll leave you in suspense as to our thoughts on that one. But yeah, I I thought we were talking about Hunters 3 today, but... No, we're talking about something better. Some some new piece of news that we Indeed. So Deadline went through a spanner in our carefully planned schedule of podcast recordings and decided to spill the beans that Dan Trachtenberg, much to his annoyance, was working on a Predator 5 with Patrick Eason. Now, Dan Trachtenberg is better known, best known for his work on a little film called 10 Cloverfield Lane. And he's also done some episodes of some other pretty, you know, reasonable shows called Black Mirror and The Boys. Both of which are pretty acclaimed. How fucking awesome is The Boys, by the way? I don't I don't know if I spoke to you guys about it. Yep, I haven't it's... watched it yet, but everyone keeps telling me I need to. You should. Oh, it's, it's great. It's one of the best written shows I've seen in a long time. Very different from the comic, but still f- flipping good. Recommend The Boys if nobody if you're listening and you haven't seen it. But Dead, Deadline, we, we, AVP Galaxy, had known about it for a couple of months, and we actually had plot details, which Deadline didn't. Now, before we start talking that, I, I want to hear a little bit about AJ and Eric's initial impressions because Adam and I have done a motion tracker video. We did it probably the day or the day after that it, it, it was announced and we, we spoke about our immediate thoughts and a little bit about what we knew of the plot. But Eric and AJ couldn't couldn't come on that show. So taking into account, you haven't read our article. You do not know the specifics. You, like so many people, are reacting based on the headline rather than the actual contents of the article. And this this instance, I will forgive you since the article didn't really have any um, details as such. So that initial reaction, experiencing the year, uh, the last couple of years that we have as Predator fans, you know, when you see that article show up on your feed that says Dan Trachtenberg working on new Predator film. AJ, what, what's what's the initial reaction, man? Man, I was shocked. I was surprised. I was excited you know this was supposed to be the year of the predator you know we were getting the predator hunting grounds game we were getting hunters three and so far that series has just been fantastic we were supposed to get the um, Dark Horse original screenplay, you know, which COVID-19 ended up causing a cancellation to that series. But this was really the year of the Predator, you know, Predator 2's 30th anniversary, and it shows the amount of Predator podcasts we have done. And I was just so super excited that here, lo and behold, this announcement came out of nowhere because after 2018's Fred and Decker Predator film, do we call that a film? I, I guess we have to call that a film. It, it, it's a, a fan- Failed parody, I think, is... um... (laughs) There you go. Well, so many thought that that was the nail in the coffin. You go back to the AVP Galaxy threads and they say, this is it. It's going to be 10, 15 years before you you ever see a Predator movie. But you know, to my surprise, maybe because of the hit Predator Hunting Grounds video game, that surprise hit, and also combined with Disney spending buckets of cash to buy 20th Century Fox and needing these franchises to generate revenue, 
And we suddenly have this new Predator film and movie fans are excited. You know, everyone's excited. Predator fans are excited. I'm sure Eric and, and Aaron can vouch for this. Even the Queen of England is excited. <laughs> I don't I don't even know what to say. I mean, it was mentioned how, on the crown. <laughs> <laughs> and how great was this? And it almost feels like it wasn't coincidence, but it was on the eve or depending on where you live, I think on the 30th anniversary of Predator 2. And you couldn't even tie this announcement any better. You know, we had all these surprises on AVP Galaxy to celebrate, and it was all outdone by this fantastic announcement. You know, another film produced by John Davis. So, ah, I was just, I was just jumping for joy, very excited, bouncing off the walls. My wife wondered, what the heck's your problem? I just went nuts. I started typing up an article and Aaron already had an article up on the website. I just didn't know here or there, but I'm very excited. The fact that we were getting this and extremely surprised. That was my reaction. Surprise. Okay. How about you, Eric? Initially, I saw a couple of links doing the rounds and my first thought was it's going to be another we got this covered type thing where I'm going to feel duty bound to just reply on various sites saying, well, this is comes from X, Y, and Z. They're usually not reliable. Then I saw it doing a few more rounds and, and then I saw that you guys said, oh, we're going to do a quick podcast about it. I didn't get the message and I thought, oh, okay, this is genuine. So once I figured it was genuine, by that time, you guys had done the podcast. So I actually listened to you guys talking about it first. So I thought, oh, okay, this is interesting. I really did not expect this at all with the outbreak situation as it is. And, you know, on top of that, obviously, the what I assume is the financial disappointment of the Predator, because it's got absolutely curb stomped by fandom, whether you like it or not personally. But then I read the synopsis to it, and assuming it's the correct one, which it seems well, to be. Let's not go too yeah. far into that just yet. Assuming but. that, that made me go, because usually it is a contemporary-based thing, and we've always said about, it would be interesting if this is set in the past. And then I read that, and I went, oh, this could be very interesting. So, um, yeah, I, I went initially from uh, another article like this to... <laughs> Ooh, okay, I'm up for this. It's now it's now one of those cases of wait and tell because it could be awful, like with any film, but I think this concept has a good chance of at least being interesting, if not one of the yeah. better ones. But guys, can I bring up that they said he's been working on this for four years. Which is right. really surprising. Yeah. Which so is really it. surprising because, I mean, if we, when is this airing? December 2020. That brings us back to December 2016. Uh, filming didn't take place into 2017. Well, that makes me wonder if this was a personal project of his that he pitched to Fox. Yeah, I think this is a little Blomkamp type situation. Regardless of what happened with The Predator, on some level, Fox must have known like, oh, a lot of that was because of the reshoots that we wanted. And we took a chance with with Black and his vision for a more action comedy type film. And I still stand by the fact that I feel like the original cut of that would have been a better movie. You know, I know someone who has seen the test screening of the cut with the Emissary Predators. And yeah, it might have been more wacky, but at least it would have gone all in on what it was doing. You know, it still would have been crazy. We still would have had our problems with it, I'm sure. But I think it would have been a much more enjoyable film. And I still hope they release that cut sometime, maybe. But the point being, I did not expect, like we talked about, I think after we saw that movie, Aaron, in one of our podcasts, I did not expect to be talking about another Predator movie two years later. I expected to be talking about another Predator movie five years later, if we were lucky, based on the, on the performance of The Predator. So it's very surprising, and it makes me wonder if he sold it 
as, hey, we can make this as a low budget movie. And based on his disappointment that the news of this broke, I don't think it was ever going to be marketed as a Predator movie. I think it was going to be marketed as Skulls about some Native American fighting a demon or whatever. And we wouldn't have known it was a Predator movie until we were in the theater, kind of like with Split being a, an Unbreakable sequel. Well, well, we'll get into that as well in a bit in terms of the Skulls and the marketing thing. But in terms of in initial excitement then, Adam, if you... Yeah, like, to- like you had said, Aaron, we had known about this for a couple of months. And, and when we first told about it, it was like, really? Like a Predator movie? Are, are you sure? And then sure enough, the news came out and Nick from... He has a YouTube channel called Who's Nick sent us some information saying, hey, this movie Skulls was announced last December. Like, what do you think about this? And I was like, holy shit, this is the same movie here because the info we were given about the plot and matches up with a Comanche woman becoming a warrior. It, it just seemed like too similar to be a coincidence. You know, the same writer, same director, same both Native American plot. It has to be the same movie. Mm-hmm. So, so I mean, at the very least, even it's been in active development for the, with Fox, sorry, Studios and Disney for at least a year, basically. You know, even if it was a longer a passion project for Trachtenberg in the past, it, it's been moving under Fox, under, oh my God, I'll stop doing it eventually. Moving under Studios and, and under Disney for at least a year. But yeah, like, I mean, like Adam says, I honestly expected the Predator would have killed any chances of more Predator theatrical releases. I really did. I thought we were going to be waiting years until we got to that inevitable cycle round where some execs... Yeah, yeah. Because, uh, because it was eight yeah. years between Predators and The Predator, and it was 20 years between Predator 2 and Predators. And Predators did well financially. You know, we, it did see returns, and they set that up for a sequel, and but none of them have been butchered, massacred by fandom and critics as much as the the Predator has. So, yeah, I was genuinely really excited when we, we heard about that news. And we didn't know who was working on it. So when I actually saw the, you know, the headline, Dan Trachtenberg doing new Predator film, I was, I was surprised by that because of all the people, I don't think I would have ever expected him to be doing it. But then again, I, I you know, outside of 10 Cloverfield Lane, I don't have too much knowledge of him. I can't say I've read interviews and stuff like that. I can't say I've heard him talk about Predator as, you know, an interest before. So that did surprise me. But just hearing that they were doing a new film was, I, I didn't expect it. I really didn't. Just did not see it coming. But to to talk about Dan Trachtenberg then, to talk about the director, because he's the only one of the duo that's got any real out there, you know, nameable presence, I guess. And that's no offense to to Patrick. He's just not as much of a big of a name as, as Dan Trachtenberg is. So what what were your guys' thoughts on on him as as the lead on this? Were, were you already fans of, of Ten Cloverfield Lane? Eric, you, you lead us off on this one, mate. I'm not the right person to, because I really don't know much about him. That's the one with Dan off of Roseanne, isn't it? Where they're in like a nuclear bunker thing? Yes. Yeah. John Goodman. like that for what it was but you say you don't expect him to have been usually in the hollywood system it's just it's not someone who's necessarily got a track record with horror or whatever it's just if they happen to see that you've created something that you pitch to them or somebody hears on it on their behalf it doesn't necessarily all you've got to have is a track record especially if you're a proven quantity like you can get things done on time if you've done anything successful in the past and you know you could have someone who's done basically romantic comedies doing a science fiction film it's it's not necessarily going to be someone like um, a, a del toro or whatever that you'd expect to see with this but having the um the brief rundown from what i've seen yeah he's proficient 
I will say for the Cloverfield Lane thing, something which would be relevant for this, because I think I I spoke about it when we did the Predator reviews and retrospectives, that the problem with that is that it inversed what we had in the original Predator film, where the original, it started off, you know, they were just talking smack between themselves. And as they realized they'd been picked off one by one, it got more and more, the tension ratcheted up. In The Predator, it was the other way around. It kind of started off serious and then it got more and more silly and loose and they joked more. With this, I I do think this director has got a good eye for how to create an air of tension, an air of unspoken malice, which can be pretty good with a Predator film as well. I like the fact that we've also heard that they are, I don't know if this comes from him or Disney, but they are making an effort to cast people who would have that sort of heritage in their background for the Native American thing. If so, that would be a star in his corner. But yeah, that's what I can really say about He seems to have a good eye for tension. Without knowing which episode of The Boys he has directed, I can't really say whether I, I thought that was a good episode or not, but most of them have been. So all I can say is fingers crossed. Yeah, I didn't get any like feeling. I, I was just happy Bill Duke wasn't announced to direct because, you know, you're talking about, you know, a big name. I mean, we had a big name. We had Shane Black, you know, and he, he's written some good movies too, like the Lethal Weapon films. I think at least the first two and stuff. And um, Was it Long Kiss Goodnight as well? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was oh, yeah, that script film. was sought out by like so many producers because it was so well written. The film I thought was just okay, but you know, here here was a name, and you figured this guy understood Predator. He was Hawkins. He knows. You know, he he talked about what made the first film work, and he totally pooch screwed. <laughs> His I, again, I would not put it all on him. It sounded like he yeah. and Decker were both pretty frustrated on on what the film ended up being. Uh, there was certainly plenty of studio interference as well, but yeah, you can't deny that even that original script was very. Um, yes, you have a, a lot. A lot of it still ended up in the final film. But it's like Joss Whedon with Alien Resurrection. Yeah, a lot of it can be put down to the French director, but you look at the original script, and Whedon definitely shares blame for it. Well, we read the original script, Aaron, and there were a few moments where we rolled our eyes, but overall, I think we were like, "This could be good if done right." I don't know. I read parts of that original script and I was not impressed, you know, just like just like the line. If you look at the line at the end where he uh, shoots the predator or what McKenna and he says, what the hell are you right before he shoots him? And the predator starts to talk and he goes, shut the F up. I mean, oh, yeah, I guess the audience is supposed to cheer and say, that's so cool. Remember Arnold asked and he didn't shoot him in the face. But McKenna is even cooler because he didn't even wait to hear the answer. It it, it was such a poor script and, you know, bringing in the predator dog and becoming your predator puppy pet. A lot of blame falls on the lap of Black and Decker. And so I'm not I'm not worried about having someone that doesn't really have the resume because, you know, he needs to earn it now. He still is up and coming and he still probably has the energy and the stories to tell and he's not burned out because we've seen great directors even like Ridley Scott and so forth and John McTiernan make some bad films you know and he's still driven you know I'm excited I watched 10 Cloverfield Lane I didn't love it like everyone else did I liked it thought it was a good movie but you know you, you heard wonderful things about it, it and I it was, did well I think in the box office let's see here it did well but you know i'm just concerned about how how good of a film it was and i thought it was a good film i i didn't love it but i liked it 
And I'm willing to give him a shot. It can't be anything worse than the Predator. And the fact that it was... Can we, can we not jinx that, though? All right. Not can, we not, can we not lay that down? Look, I'm just excited to hear that it won't be connected to Shane Black's film. So that's a start yeah. in the right direction. So, Well, when, when I'm talking about Trachtenberg and Aeson not being massively known names, though, I'm not using that as a concern. Because I did really like Ten Cloverfield Lane. You know, Eric Eric said uh, talked about the tension in that one, and that was on your edge of the seat pretty much throughout, wondering what was you know what was going to happen next. And I I really enjoyed it personally. So I didn't immediately recognize Trachtenberg's name. I did have to look it up to see who he was. And then you know when I saw it, he, he would he directed Ten Cloverfield Lane. I was like, yep, I'm on board. I'm willing to give this one a go. But, you know, it's like like AJ says, Shane Black was a huge name and a trusted name, you know. Uh, long kiss goodbye. What had he just done before? The Nice Guys. The Nice Guys was fantastic as well. So, y- you know, it's it's no huge indicator necessarily of what of, of what it's going to be like. But my experience with his film in the past was enough to give me that, you know, little jolt of excitement because I did not expect to be excited for a new Predator film because The Predator, I've, I don't think I've had such a downturn in my opinion of a film as that one. We've been meaning to do a, a commentary of it for a while now and I just cannot bring myself to start doing the prep for it, which is why we haven't done it so far. That is how much that film bums me out. And even the films I don't necessarily like, you know, like Resurrection or Requiem, I still find enjoyment in in that kind of prep and learning about the the, the could have bins, the why things happen, the behind the scenes stories and stuff like that. And I'm not there with the Predator yet. So to I've actually been, you know, to have that excitement over this guy's past work and to have that excitement for him being attached to a new one. I, I was surprised I felt that way, to be honest. What about you, Adam? How, how did you feel about seeing Trachtenberg's name attached? I would say cautiously optimistic. Like I was not a huge fan of 10 Cloverfield Lane either, but I feel that was again on part of the studio (laughs) because the movie was originally in production as the seller. And I think it was midway through production that JJ Abrams, who was producing the film, or maybe I'm not sure whose idea it was, but during sometime during production, they decided to make it like a spiritual successor to the original Cloverfield. And then it was like in the same universe as Cloverfield. So I'm wondering if this is like the director's MO, MO here is like, oh, you think it's going to be something, but then it's like something, you know, but no, I guess, I guess it, he doesn't have enough of a resume to really pin that on him. But I mean, it was, it was a well-directed film. And I mean, again, the boys in Black Mirror are both great. Uh, oh, he directed guess- the, pilot episode of the boys by the way he directed the very first episode he also did a portal short so based on the the portal video games which i have not seen i i will be checking out after this it seems like this is going to continue the tradition of each predator movie being very much its own thing like we've never really gotten a direct predator sequel to another film each one has really created its own very unique take on the property. And it seems like this is going to be no exception, which is again, pretty exciting after the last one. It'll be very interesting to see where they go with this. So I'm very excited about it. And hopefully we'll, I mean, I'm sure it's in pre-production right now. Well, the casting. I think so. Yeah. So, well, we, we know they cast him. So, well, yeah, if, if they are casting, then, then it would be in. Um, Do you guys have any uh, casting wish lists? At all, you know, I'm not too familiar with Native American actors, honestly. Have Probably you guys seen a little research? Have you guys seen but... Yellowstone, the Kevin Costner television series? Is critically acclaimed. It's a wonderful film. I have. Okay, I think it's filmed in uh, Montana. But there's a there's a great Native American actress 
Her name is Kelsey Azabiel, and she is wonderful. She looks about in her 20s, and I know we're going to move into that, but um, the story's about a Comanche woman, you know, who goes against, they said, what, gender norms and traditions to become a warrior, and I think she would be great, personally. And she's really up and coming. I mean, I think this show was her first hit. And even though she's young, she doesn't seem young. She looks like an old soul, and I think that would just be perfect for the part. Yeah, there's not many actors, certainly A-listers, that people, or at least that people associate with being, you know, having Native American heritage. Um, Before we came on air, as it were, we were talking about the miniature scandal that happened with the Lone Ranger adaptation, where people got up in arms about, oh, they cast Johnny Depp as, you know, he's a white guy as as Tonto, but it turned out he did actually have Native American ancestry. But I, I think it was a grandparent or something, I'd have to look that up. I would say probably the actor a lot of people would recognize, but not necessarily recognize for being Native American. He was in Dancing with Wolves, Graham Greene as Kicking Bird, and he's been in an absolute metric ton of things. Races with Wolves, uh, Dance with Wolves is old though by now. Yeah, he's got to be in the 60s. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But he, I wouldn't be surprised if he was cut just because he's like Lance Henriksen. He's cast an absolute load of things. Actresses, I'm not sure. I would say probably the one, probably the most famous ish in terms of reputation might be someone like Moon Bloodgood, who's in, um, she's in another Native American thing, actually. Um, Pathfinder. Uh, Pathfinder, yeah. With, with uh, Carl Urban. Yeah. yeah. yeah as she's a, in Terminator uh, Salvation as well. And Terminator yeah. Salvation. So she has history in like science fiction type stuff. So they might cut, but she's. She might be a little yeah, longer she, than she's, she's, now. Yeah, um, she's 45 now. So I don't think she would be cut. Well, we do. We do. I, that was actually another detail we were told about. We do know they are going for a younger. Yeah. Main yeah, cast, so I would, which I mean makes sense given the fact that people didn't live as yeah, long I, I would, back in the day. I would but, think that they would probably be casting people who are not well known, not A-listers. Yeah. But I think that's a good thing, like in mm-hmm. the original Alien, where if it's a cast of unknowns, then it's unless they do something subversive, like an executive decision, where at the time Steven Seagal was a big star, but he he only had like a 10-minute cameo and he, something happens to him that he gets out of the film. Like, but, um, like Ryan Reynolds in Life. Yeah. 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 Unless they do. But then we're not going to get that because people who are famously Native American and A-listers are going to be... It's going to be like a Johnny Depp situation where it's going to have, have yeah. someone who's got inherited no, no, we don't need, not known for it. I think A-listing, A-list actors would be a bad idea. Let's find some unknowns. Let's find some yeah. some new blood to to take on these roles. I, I, People I'm sure there's a lot of really talented, up-and-coming Native American actors that yeah. could be found for this project. So I really recommend everyone, including Dan T, if you're listening, to check out Kelsey Yellowstone. Put it on YouTube. She probably has some scenes on there. She is great. A lot of charisma. New, up-and-coming. What, what I think one of the things we talked about in, in the motion tracker video, Adam, as well, was I'm excited by my ignorance of, you know, First Nation actors because I don't I don't know any. That means the the, the cast is going to surprise me in, in the new film. And I like it when I, I do get surprised by the casting and, and the characters because I don't, you know, I don't know that guy's going to make it all the way through to the end kind of situations. Um, obviously, we're, we're going to know the, the main characters who's going to make it through to the end, in theory, anyway. I suppose it depends if there's other female characters in it and 
and they don't highlight that too much in the marketing. But yeah, I, I'm really excited by that prospect of not really knowing the people that are going to be in this film. You know, I'm genuinely excited by that. Well, how exciting is the fact that just going into the past, I mean, how many Predator fans have been begging that yeah, they do a period it's, piece? It's not even a... I mean, technically, it shouldn't really be called like Predator 5. It's a prequel. This is yeah. the Predator it version very, of It very well could be called yeah. Skulls. Yeah, that's Maybe. that's actually what I've been thinking. It's probably going to be called Predator. Skull. Well, speaking or about a prequel, it might not be a Predator branded film. This might be a prequel. Now, this might be a stretch, but this is you know my mind going. I mean, so we know what the uh, Comanche tribe, right? They existed in mm-hmm. Texas and in New Mexico during the 18th and 19th century. When I heard it was going to surround the Comanche woman and a, possibly a period piece, my mind immediately went to uh, Raphael Adolini because that flintlock pistol was Spanish. And it was the Spanish, not the Anglos, who colonized Texas and New Mexico. And the regions of the Comanche tribe was in that area. So perhaps, just perhaps, the predator will... That's a bit of a hopeful stretch. I know, but just hear me out. Our our resident Predator 2 fanatic. Maybe they will surround the hunt (laughs) of the elder predator from Predator 2 when it was younger. You know, I, I know there's a problem because I believe Raphael Adolini is a Italian name, even though it's a Spanish gun. So I'm not 100, 100% certain if it's not also a Spanish name. But other than that, and there's ways to get around of, around that, this new Predator movie can turn into a prequel to the best Predator film ever made, Predator 2. Predators. <laughs> 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 so that's well, just this, is, this I, is set it's we've gotten the synopsis it's, it's set before white settlers came well so you'd have to be we, before whatever that we, the we can't was white settlers we can't this there pull, was Spain, though but yeah you, we, we can't put a full hundred percent into that you know when, when we were told before colonization you know as i understand it comanches were around until what the early 19th century so that they they were still interacting with you know the white devils who were forcing them into the reservations and stuff like that and and going back on the treaties and everything like that. So it it, it may have just been more of a generic terminology, more of a generic time frame from our source well, in that regard. If the before white settlers things happen, that's going to be essentially. I've got it all on authority with a Native American expert behind me. She reckons about before 1600s. Now, the signature on that prop was 17-something. So I don't think that would match up time-wise. I think I think the Spanish colonists came during the 18th century in that area. You know, we're talking more northeast of the United States, but I believe I have that correct, that it was later and it was Spanish colonists that started driving and driving uh, those natives out. Yeah, and the Spanish... I believe we're also sort of responsible for that push that made the Comanches the Comanches in terms of like the, the horsebacks. Yes. And they, they were the ones that supplied, at least initially, the horses that would, you know, drive their culture as a, you know, a warrior conquering tribe of the Native Americans, at least based on my own Google food, you know, in terms of prep for this. But I, I still think there's a huge leeway in what we can actually expect in terms of that kind of thing. Again, because while we were told it's going to be Native Americans pre-colonization kind of thing, I think there's a huge, a huge window in terms of what it could actually be there. 
And we've already gotten some samples of that, right, in graphic novels and in Dark Horse comics, you know, with Enoch Nakai. And but um, he was Navajo rather than um, Comanche. Comanche. Yes, I'm just saying now with the Native American experience, not that particular tribe, but you know, Big Game, I think, has got to be one of the most popular Predator comics out there. But you know, what I preferred to Big Game was, I think it was called Blood on Two Witch uh, Mesa. I and think that also, was related to Big Game yeah. as well, though, yes, wasn't it? Yes, it starred Enoch Nakai, and it was a two-issue comic series, and that had a lot more mysticism than Big Game. And I liked that story because it was told in flashbacks by um, Enoch's grandfather, because Enoch's grandfather was concerned about Enoch's nightmares, about his experience with a predator, with the events in Big Game. And it was an attempt for the grandfather to give Enoch balance and give him harmony and peace. And the grandfather revealed that Enoch's father also fought a predator. And then it was all told in flashbacks. And maybe Enoch's father fought the same predator that Enoch fought. So I like the idea of the predator story being told over a fire by a wise mystic Native American to captive ears. It gives a legendary mythic type of feel. And that's what I want predator feel again. I I want that mythical creature feel again. I mean, something that rings true when Anna says, you know, the demon that makes trophies out of man. And it rings true again when the great King Willie calls it a demon from the other side as well. And look, the the Thomas brothers compared the predator to a mythical creature. They actually called it a quote unquote modern day minotaur. And to me, that is when predator works best. When predator is often seen in spiritual eyes, that some of its prey sees the predator as supernatural. It, it is a theme that's surfaced in more than just Predator and Predator 2. Like we even saw it in, in the game Predator Concrete Jungle a little bit with their, their kind of nods to King Willie there. So yeah, it, it is an aspect that I think this this kind of setting would be ripe to, to implement. I mean, the, the whole ability for it to tap into the mythology of, of Native American is is brilliant. I mean, the, the Comanche in specific, from what I've read, didn't really have much of much of a, a, a mythology around it that this would feel good in compared to, say, the Navajo like Enoch Nakai was. But no, in Hollywood, they'll blur the lines and sort of pull it together anyway. But, you know, the, the Navajo stuff was, was really interesting in terms of the way it married in, in, into the Predator. Big game, the comic didn't go in as much as the novelization did. You know, the novelization really went into it a bit more to the point where it kind of makes me feel that perhaps Skulls will tackle what Big Game has already kind of dipped its toe into, you know, with the whole twin monster slayer aspect of of the Navajo history, which I think could be really interesting. And I know that's something Eric's going to love as well, you know, because he's into all that there be dragons kind of aspect of it. And I'm really fucking excited about this aspect as well. And AJ, you know what you were saying about it being over a campfire, I think would be freaking brilliant you know because it adds this extra layer of 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 legend and mythology to it as well you know just from the pure angle of it being a a monster story told over the campfire and you know the the comanche even had their own you know they would tell boogeyman stories to their children you know to try and get them to behave so the idea that perhaps this predator encounter with this particular the comanche woman could be you know this little this little pocket of of Comanche tribes boogeyman story could be interesting yeah no I mean this is a big part of what really 
the moment I saw this was about Native American or American Indian. It's, the, the term is kind of interchangeable. The Native American mythology is incredibly rich. And what a lot of people don't realize about it is just how bloody and there's a lot of horrific stuff in there that tallies so well with Predator. Just as AJ was saying, like the whole thing about demons who make trophies of man, that stuff is in like South American stuff and voodoo. But you go into Native America. I mean, if they wanted to, Disney could actually use this to tie into a future AVP film because one of the big, like for instance, a lot of people might have heard of Skinwalkers, but they even have an original legend about vampires in Native American mythology. But they they do have a very specific one about red-haired cannibal giants. This has actually got a lot of resonance in a number of tribes, interestingly. But they do have this thing about this tribe of giants with red hair that were hunting down people from tribes, taking them and basically eating them. And according to them, they won out because these giants were much bigger and physically stronger, but they didn't they weren't as fast thinkers. So the Native Americans, they used their, you know, their cooperation and their tribal expertise to basically fight like wolves do with a bear. And according to them, the reason they dined out is because there was this war between them and they chased them into this cave system and then they sort of like collapsed the cave. So they they starved them out basically. But if you wanted, you could have a scene where it turns out that they're some of engineers or they're some of the, the hybrids that engineers left on earth and you have a story where one of the um, like you have the lead character and she's encountered this predator or something or this immediately before and you could have him relating to it but you had a predator come in during one of these tribal fights with these cannibal giants and the predator comes in the midst of one of these fights but it's after the giant it wants to take the giant's head as a trophy and this guy he has to take like shelter behind a tree or something it thinks it's after him but it's actually after this giant and you could work in actual mythology but you could tie it into predator and alien mythology really well if you did that kind of stuff there was a scene in dances with wolves which was could be quite relevant for this there was one thing where after john dunbar kevin cosner's characters accepted by the tribe they talk about the white man invading their lands and he and i think it's the either the um the medicine man or the chief of the tribe he takes him into his teepee and he says we faced men who came into this land before i think it's bundled up in cloth but he takes this thing and it's bundled in cloth and he opens it up and to the viewer we recognized it is like a Spanish conquistador helmet. And he says that about 100 years ago, that my grandfather fought men like these and we won, but we defeated them. But with the arrival of like the railroad, we're not so sure we'll, we're going to defeat them this time. You could have something like that, but instead of having a Spanish conquistador, so it could be like a wrist blade or a cracked predator oh, yeah. helmet or something yeah. like that, but like an ancient one that's more engraved. And so us, the viewers, we would go, oh, that's like when Anna spoke about, because to us, it'll be something we understand. The lead character won't necessarily, but she might understand when, when he says something like, you know, I, I had to take shelter and I saw this ghost and it flashed the eyes at me. And you see this brief historical flashback where it's clearly a cloaked predator doing the same kind of stuff. You have a place today, which in modern world has been one of the most heavy, I think it's over, over 20 years, heavily monitored paranormal sites on Earth, which is called Skinwalker Ranch. Interestingly, on Skinwalker Ranch, there is the native tribes around that, that they warned that you said you can come 
come onto the land if you want, but don't go to certain places because of blah, blah, blah. One of the things that the researchers were meant to have actually had from witnesses was something which it roared. It came out of some sort of portal and it actually had like a cloaking actual look to it. It had this prismatic effect where it would be interesting if they did something like that. And then it went to like at the end of the film, this sort of like epilogue. And it says where this, these events happened was what's now Skinwalker Ranch. Yeah, they have a lot of really... Like people think, oh, before the white man went there, the native tribes, they were relatively peace loving. They weren't. They were tearing the absolute shit out of each other. They were raiding one another. One of the things about Dances with Wolves is that a lot of people think, oh, it's where Hollywood embraced them. And people would be surprised nowadays to learn that some members of the Pawnee tribe were protesting it because they said that the film was depicting the Sioux under attack from Pawnee. And they said what actually used to happen was it was more that the Sioux were victimizing the Pawnee. But they had some really atrocious torture methods which could be worked into. They had one which was, uh, was it the, the one with the stomach? Was that the Comanche or the Apache? Apache. Yeah, we think it was the Apache. They used to um, drill a small hole into the stomach of someone they wanted to torture and used to nail it to a tree. And they used to like nail hit. The yeah, they nailed the intestine to a tree and they hit them on the back of the legs to make them walk around the tree. And of course, they would unravel their own intestines. Things oh. like that, where you could this see something like, like a, something like on a Predator film, you could have this kind of stuff come into it. Like you had on Predators, you had the Predator that was nailed to, what was it? A totem. Yeah, you could yeah. have that kind of, you could have these sort of things. Well, I don't want multiple Predators, but yeah. I no, but you and they do have flashbacks. It's, and forever who takes scalps, nuts. you know, and I mean, whatever tribes take scalps, that's like taking trophies They're from pretty your... much all of them. The white men also used to do it back in the day. There's one it, it really fascinating account of um, a, a white settler. Uh, there's a woman who heard her town was under attack by a tribe and they took and they killed a load of people there and then they they took her captive and when she waited until they were all asleep and she took hold of a tomahawk and she scalped the she actually went to a nearby town and she had 10 scalps with these Native Americans wanting to get paid the bounty because they killed all her but the brutality in the old wild west tallies so well with what's even hinted at in for like a predator would come in there and a predator would think yeah this is my kind of place i want to settle down here for a while <laughs> it's really savage and it's wrong to call the people savages but the kind of stuff that happened with the white settlers and the mexicans and the native the indigenous people is absolutely atrocious but what is interesting when you have native americans versus predators there are a lot of legends where they talk about the star people and they have right up to the modern day if someone wants to look into some modern accounts of this it's by it's a really catchy name rd six killer clark clark is with an e on the end she's done some great books on amazon which she's had to get to know the tribes before they trust her and she's had to change the name she's got some very interesting accounts where they talk of the star people from like you essentially now they do we would recognize them as alien abductions and ufo stuff but there's a lot in there you could actually adapt 
to a Predator movie. You could totally get... Because what things like the demon who makes trophies of man stuff gives it is it gives them mythological resonance. Like we've all, we've talked about things like the samurai and say the Vikings, where they had that awful blood eagle thing that they used to do. If you work that into a Predator film that had to deal with the Vikings, that would give it that mythological resonance. And what you have a lot with the Native Americans, you have so many things you can work into it that give it that resonance. It gives you those that hair on the back of your neck type stuff. And uh, that is really what I'm hoping they, they don't fictionalize it when there's that rich folklore and cultural stuff that you could actually bring in that's real. The possibilities for it being a decent Predator film, because there is always about, or the good ones are about having to tap into your primal ancestral stuff in order to defeat the Predator, because that's essentially what the Predator has done for itself. It keeps in contact with its inner beast. And if you have a character who it's all about her, her background is a tribal cultural tradition, she would only have, she wouldn't have to go far back to get advice from an elder or something to how to tap into her ancestral past. And then you could very easily have, not a carbon copy, but you could very easily have the spiritual essence of what happened when Dutch, everyone around him was killed except for Anna. She ran off, I think. His rifle got tossed in the mud. He got thrown in the river and he had to essentially act like a caveman. He had a couple of grenades. He had to make bows and arrows and spears. He had to go back to the inner beast. And that is really what I'm looking forward to with this film. And and just from a narrative element and, and a, a bugbear of mine, you know, when the characters being ahead of, I mean, the, the audience being ahead of the characters, it having a possible noted and well-known mythological background within the narrative of the story and the culture means that the characters could know what they're dealing with without necessarily knowing what they're dealing with, which would mean they're not behind and it would not piss me off personally. So that's something I quite like about the the potential of the of the, the cultural background that the film can tie into, um, you know, for, for its world building. And I would love the film. I mean, I know this came up in the forums, but I, I, I'm one of the people who would love if the film was in subtitles. I mean, you know, it's it, the dialogue it, it has to be paced, uh, you know, with beautiful cinematography and minimal dialogue for it to work. I mean, if you start doing that in like a courtroom, you know, you're going to lose viewers. But um, even if you're using the authentic language, you know, complemented by beautiful sunrises and, and and skylines and, you know, great cinematography. I mean, I think, you know, much like as people bring up the movie uh, Apocalypto, I think that would really work well as well. You know, I don't know if they would go that far, but it'd be nice for me, at least if they did. I wouldn't expect it, but I wouldn't be against it either. I, I would I would have no problem with a, with an entirely subtitled film, if only for that more authentic yeah. feel to it. I wouldn't expect it, to be honest, but... You know, I'm, I've known to be surprised. I'm, I'll quite happily be surprised with that one. You know, I, I just love it. I love the subject matter. And it, it gives me hope that Mr. Dan T is going to get back to basics. The We're Predator... Just the same would give that feel of back to basics anyway through the through the feel of the primal nature. You know, they are going to be bows and arrows. It's literally what Dutch did. You know, it's like Eric said, you know, it, Dutch had to do that boy, um, was it boy scout bullshit to, uh, yeah. you know, <laughs> yeah. to actually defeat it. Uh, I, assume, I, I realize you probably mean it more in terms of the back to basics narrative element of it being a, a hunt and none of this extraneous bullshit that. Yeah, the no super or upgrade predators. I mean, yeah. you know, like, like uh, Mike Myers 
years in that latest Halloween, you know, remind people why they love Predator again. You know, the the locale always has to change. And, uh, you know, either if it's a space station or a desert oasis, but make it a slasher, knocking off prey one by one. Don't overcomplicate. Make it a single Predator on a hunting spree, maybe with a few new gadgets, with a interesting look, but no Predator teams, no bad bloods, no human pred team-ups, no predator cops and robbers. None of the stuff that worked in the comics, well, sort of. And of course, to to the main character, it's going to, she would have a greater understanding of that than someone like Dutch. Um, You could have, if another character has faced predators or knows of their grandfather who did in the past, they could say something like, these things hunt man like we are the buffalo. They hunt man like buffalo. They could say something like that and it would click to the main character and it would click to the audience as well because she would have that tribal grounding. Yeah. So there was another thing that I didn't mention when we did our little mini motion tracker podcast, Aaron, which was, so this is the first time we're, it looks like, going to have a female protagonist in a Predator film, which is something I've wanted for a while, same as I wanted a male protagonist in an alien film, just to switch things up. But what I didn't mention is how cool of an opportunity would this be to have a female Predator on screen for the first time? As long as it doesn't have big ass titties, I'm don't, happy. Yeah, just just make, make it what they look like in hunting grounds. They don't have big ass titties I, in hunting I, grounds. They're very subtle. I always <laughs> say, for all we know, they could. I've always said the best thing is the Dark Horse Writer's Guide, where they say if a character is close up enough to know what the gender is, they're already dead. Yeah. I, it, they could all be female, for all we know. In um, my head, that is what's happened. Everyone we face so far, yeah. Arnie was beat down by a, a female predator. Yeah. I think for there's a section of fans that they don't like imagine Arnold Schwarzenegger got beaten up by a girl. But the whole thing about Predators is that the the first film, it proved it doesn't matter whether you're a big muscle-bowed Arnold. Exactly. That, that was got, the point. He got beaten up by yeah. a girl anyway in Stalking Shadows. So I think I think yes. Hunting Grounds did a good enough uh, I would love to have a female Predator. We do have to remember that Predator Hunting Grounds, for now, is canon. It's canon, yeah. And I do understand Ilphonic's reasoning how the male Predator, as they refer to the ones we've seen already, resemble very much the male human form that they wanted to represent females the same way and invite uh, women players. So right now we have our look of female predators. You know, you I've mentioned before, guys, that I always, in my head, Ken, and the falconer was the uh, female predator. It just had an interesting, more sleeker kind of design that that was my headcanon. But uh, yeah, I'm excited to have a female protagonist. I mean, we did have Isabel, who I guess in yeah. the next film, if there was one, you know, could have yeah, been. I guess that movie was kind of an ensemble cast, but our primary protagonist in that was Royce. True. But uh, Isabel's the closest thing we have to it in Predator, not counting the AVP. Oh, Dr. Brackett, what are you talking about? <laughs> So, uh, so yeah, I'm excited just to freshen up just as long as she has, you know, on-screen gravitas, you know, it just has to be casted right. You know, you have to have someone who's believably strong and I I don't mean necessarily physical, but if you look at Shaw in uh, Prometheus, she just was great. She might end up in physical imposing, but you could believe that she'd be the last one to survive. She has the will, she has the endurance, you know, she has the drive. So they really need to be smart with her casting here. But yeah, I'm excited to see that as much as I would be excited to see a male protagonist in Alien, finally. But, but more to Adam's point, you know, with the with the potential for it to be a female predator, I, you know, as much as I do hate the the, the big booby rule 34, 34? 
the rule thirty four portrayals of of female predators. I think it'd be fucking awesome to have a a, a female predator yeah. against a female protagonist in this. I think it yeah. would be brilliant. Well, that's one of the the things that Alec from Studio A had had told me at Studio ADI, and uh, we'll we'll get to who we want to do the creature effects later. I'm sure that'll be a good discussion for you. But yes. uh, he was saying, oh, we'd love to take a stab at a, a female predator, and, and they did. I'm blanking on the studio here. KMB KMB did design. Their yeah. artist did design some early predators. conceptual oh. art. Yeah, it never really got beyond that for for predators. It was just kind of an idea they they had thrown around. But I I think you make a great point, AJ, in terms of like comparing this to the Halloween reboot sequel, kind of, and that take it back to basics. Give us one predator. Enough with the trope of oh, here's the bigger, badder mutant predator. We've seen that shit for two movies now. Amen. One movie did it well, and the other movie didn't. So take it back to one predator. We've only had one predator movie with a single predator in it, even though avpr was primarily wolf you still had other predators but give us just maybe one predator with this or not i mean it could be like predator 2 we had one predator for most of the movie and then you have other predators show up i don't know that kind of thing i wouldn't be against yeah i think that's what they're gonna be doing one predator because if they have like five predators against us essentially a stone age weapon level society it's gonna be be, it could be a budget thing as well because i really do get the feel this is going to be made you know 30 40 million kind of yeah i I think this is a big part of what it got greenlit in today's economy because you're not going to have the same budget for set design and props and cost it can be done for relatively easy budget. i would bet you know as long as the the whole change of marketing plan doesn't derail the project too much (laughs) I would bet they'll probably be filming next year and maybe 2022. We'll, ha- we'll have to see. That's just my my guess. Because there are productions filming right now, even in the midst of, of a pandemic. You have the Resident Evil reboot movie filming right now, which I'm very excited for. But Jurassic World's Dominion wrapped not too long ago, and that pretty much filmed in the midst of a pandemic. So productions are happening right now. What I'd be more, more curious about is eventual release of the film, because now you're seeing the idea thrown around that the new Godzilla movie may be a streaming release and i'm sure movie theaters are just in full panic mode right now but we still don't know how long this is going to take before life gets back to normal for us so this could be a streaming movie yeah we we don't know well as hulu is supposed to go international starting next year and be available worldwide you know and it's and it's right now packaged with disney plus here in the united states and i don't believe they're going to label this thing disney what 18 plus or something mm. uh, although there think... was rumor that disney plus was going to add an adult section yeah um, there was a trailer posted on the boards that was supposedly from a leaked sort of really thing where, yeah, yeah um, i had not a seen leaked with a sideways picture. screen right no oh, no okay. it was no it was that way and and there was a um, a shot of the upgrade doing his money shot but considering the little budget it would be required to make i mean there's some beautiful places in montana and stuff and you know you're not talking fixed structures with the comanche you know you're talking a settlement that could be moved from place to place whenever needed so you just need beautiful cinematography and the a little expense and something like this would be perfect for you know a launch of whatever their adult streaming counterpart is and this and Alien and, and who knows what else, you know, to get people on that side to get, because Predator and Alien, at least it's my belief, I have no proof behind this, but it really seems like it's, it's even more popular overseas than it is here in the U.S. 
And this could be a real a draw, you know, for a streaming channel, something like this. Yeah, definitely. It's a fair point. I mean, um, Europeans certainly um, do enjoy Alien and Predator as well. You know, the later films in particular have been a lot more popular on our side of the pond from what I've seen. You know, even The Predator, I think you pointed that out in the past, AJ. You know, yeah. The Predator topped home sale charts and stuff like that. So Yeah, it, it did ridiculous well. It could be a draw. We've only really touched on this a little bit, but I, I did actually want to ask you guys, you know, the whole thing about this was a, unveiled to the world a year ago with schools, completely separate, as far as we knew, project. And, you know, and Dan Trachtenberg, when Deadline dropped the scoop, because this wasn't an official announcement. This this wasn't Disney or Studios coming out and go, hey, guys, we've got a, a, a brand new Predator film in, in the making by these guys. Deadline scooped it and it pissed off Trachtenberg. Well, he said he was disappointed you know, about I'm- it. So knowing knowing the history of Cloverfield and you know the the way they sort of unveiled the last minute that Cloverfield Lane and and Paradox were related, and then you have films like The Woods and, and Blair Witch, and I think Adam mentioned another one earlier that I didn't know about. You know that this whole idea of marketing a film as something completely different and then revealing it to be tied to something existing. I mean, we don't know that's the route that they were going to go down for this. I personally suspect it was the route they were going to go down for this. But how do you guys feel about having potentially missed out on on that kind of unveil? You know, did you like it with those other films? Well, as a Predator fan, I mean, I'm severely disappointed that I couldn't have the build up for this and, you know, just be shocked once this thing was released that, hey, this is a Predator film. But I, I, I love the idea. You know, I love that we've all thought of um, Split how Split was a secret sequel to Unbreakable. And Unbreakable was a beloved film, but it was an old film. And it rejuvenated the franchise, you know? It rejuvenated Unbreakable. I mean, people were clamoring for an Unbreakable trilogy back in its release. When was that? The 90s, I think? And you approach it with a shroud of mystery. You could bring in a lot of fans that would be like, hey, uh, I know what Predator is. It's another Predator film. The last Predator film was garbage and get them you refresh the franchise you know i don't think you're actually cutting off any sort of potential audience if you're making this film in earlier trailers appear like a great horror film you know people just generally would be interested i'll compare that to prometheus i mean i know people who went to prometheus that had no idea it was an alien film They did not recognize the ship. They don't know what a space jockey is. They saw Alien once or twice and don't remember that. They remember the Xenomorph. They actually had no clue going in. They just saw this wonderful cast. It looked like a great sci-fi film. The trailer was superb. And they went in and later found out that it was tied to an Alien film. And it did very well, at least a lot better than Alien Covenant, which was advertised as an Alien film. I could have seen this having a real positive effect and indirectly just freshen up the franchise, you know, have a draw in an audience that might have likely not gone to a film that was called Predator 5, you know, that would just stay away from that. But look for an entirely new Blumhouse looking kind of horror film with this great Native American female actress and 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 next thing you know, become a Predator fan without the initial desire to. And I, I thought it would be wonderful. And I, I agree with Dan that it is a shame that he wasn't able to execute it in this way. I still hope they just call the movie Skulls. I, I don't want it to be called Predator Skulls or anything like that. I would like just sort of a refreshing of the franchise, you know, 
I think it's a brilliant idea that they could still push forward with, even though the majority of us will know it's a Predator film. Just like the majority of us knew Prometheus was an alien film, but there's a lot of just moviegoers that don't go on these websites, that don't sit there and read all this entertainment news and know if something's tied to something else. And they just go if the, the trailer looks good. They'll rent the movie, they'll go to the theater. And I, I think they should still approach it this way. How about you, Adam? Yeah, I mean, it would, it would have been tricky for us because we want to report on these things, but it would yeah, have been a yeah. mind-blowing thing if we had not known we were watching a Predator. Well, we probably, who knows if we would have gone and even seen it, and then we would have heard about it, and we would have been like, oh my God. Exactly. And that was the same thing with Split. I heard it was a good movie, and then, of course, it was spoiled for me online that it was an Unbreakable sequel. And I'm sure the same thing would have happened with this. Word would have gotten around fairly quickly. But I still think they could market it like maybe show us glimpses and stuff. But yeah, you could call it Skulls and you could market it in a way that it wouldn't obviously be a Predator movie until we were watching it. So they could still go that route and I think it could be effective. Now with the Skulls title, they may have branding to consider and now that the the cat's out of the bag, they might just go ahead and, and call it Predator and have a subtitle or something. I don't think they'll call it Predator 5. Numbered sequels are not really a thing anymore. So yeah, I, I wonder how they're going to market this now. It'll be interesting to see going forward. But I, I again, I feel like we're very ahead of ourselves here. I don't think we're going to be hearing much about this again for a good while. Yeah, another year next so, year. Yeah. yeah. See, from a, you know, you, you just sort of alluded to it there, from a purely selfish point of view, I would have been absolutely gutted if this thing had dropped and you'd have had all this marketing, it's going off in the background, it's a lower budget thing, and I, I didn't know about it. You know, I'd, I'd be gutted if we hadn't been able to cover the, the development of the film and the promotion of the film and stuff like that. Because at least with Prometheus, even though it sort of tangented off, we knew it had started from an alien film. We knew it still had connections to an alien film. So we'd still continued covering it and following its production. But to have potentially have missed the entire thing until it dropped in the cinema, I would have been super disappointed by. So from a purely selfish point of view, I'm not so good we missed out on that. You know, when it, when it came to things like The Woods and, and Blair Witch, you know, I had no idea about any of that until there was an announcement of a Blair Witch film. I like Blair Witch, so I went to watch it. You know, that kind of gimmicky thing doesn't really work for me. It's not something I find appealing or attractive in terms of a film's promotion. So I don't I don't feel like I've overly missed out on, on that. Eric, any thoughts on that one? I don't think it's feasible when it's something like a Predator or Alien or Terminator film that the big secret is going to remain under wraps for people who at least keep tabs of stuff going on in the industry. There would have been some sort of set leak about a costume or something. AG said he's known people who went to see Prometheus who didn't know it's connected to Alien. I, I don't doubt that, but I suspect those kind of people in the the minimum of the audience, they were in the minority. This person having a link to Cloverfield, I get the feeling we would have been in for one of those cock-teasing viral marketing things, which I'm fed up of. I'm not a fan of those, but I will say, nor am I a fan of what we've seen in with the Predator and Alien Covenant of just sticking a Predator or Alien face on a poster and going, there you go, there's your thing, go wow. I'm a fan of more minimalist 
subversive marketing, but I don't want it to be one of those viral things like a perfume advert where you're going, what the hell is this about? So I'm not sure how plausible it would have been to have kept it under wraps. And I'm not too disappointed, but if the alternative is to just go full on with it, I'm going to be like, "Hmm, they could have done better, but we'll see. I'm hoping for something a little more subversive in terms of marketing, but I don't don't think think the plan was ever to keep it. It's a predator film. I don't think the plan would have ever been to keep it totally under wraps till to release date, but maybe like half. It just would have been like muted, I think. Yeah. Like, even if the teaser came out and we first didn't know, and maybe they revealed on the third trailer or something like that, I had a feeling that it would eventually get out. But I mean, yeah, it'd be pretty wild to at least start the promotion that way. That what yeah. is this new yeah. horror film coming out? Kind of reminds yeah. me of this this uh, early 2000s movie called Primeval. I don't know if any of you guys had, have seen that one, but it's a giant crocodile in Africa movie. I remember it being pretty good, but it was marketed in theaters as like some serial killer in Africa. Like they didn't mention a giant crocodile at all. And then eventually they kind of hinted at it closer to release, but it, they never really made it obvious. Yeah, there was a movie called Sinister, I think as well, that the first half of the movie, you feel like you're dealing with uh, watching eight millimeter tapes of a serial killer and then it becomes is this the snuff one yes kind of yeah yeah but it actually you find out it's by a supernatural creature called the boogeyman but for the first half of the movie it's played very straight and you don't suspect that there's anything supernatural involved you know it's just really creepy you're hunting down a serial killer sometimes that can be effective that kind of switch so you know, I still hope they still, I mean, us, the fans, know it's Predator. You know, the, the couple people that went to uh, Prometheus that had no idea, um, they were both ladies in the office. And they just weren't really tied into the entertainment industry, you know, watching, yeah. you know, reading those kind of websites and stuff like that. I think they were interested in the cast and what a great cast Prometheus had. And the trailer can't was- argue with that. And the trailer was wonderful. And uh, so I- That first one, especially, yeah. So I still think if you hide the Predator enough and you, you hide the title, I mean, yeah, the people that care are going to know, and the people that don't care about Predator and might stay away because they don't care won't know. And maybe they could go in and just end up liking it and say, wow, that was a great movie. And suddenly we created a new fan. I don't know. I I, w- I would love to go. I think they could do that anyway, though, because they're, they're going to be people who aren't in keyed into it. They're just going to go to see it as a film or however they're going to market. Well, the, the idea of just sticking as schools as a branding for it is interesting in that respect. You know, we we do know now, yes, so we can follow it, but perhaps to average Joe, you know, it's like AJ says. I I, I would actually be quite interested if they did just continue it as as schools. I'll give you an example. My wife does not like Predator, okay? (laughs) You're going to trick her into saying schools. I love her dearly, but she does not like Predator, but she does like horror films. She likes checking out new horror films. And something like this could draw her in. Now, I don't think you're lying to your audience. If the trailer looks good and it's a good movie, you know, you, you could really expand your, your fan base and, and repackage it in a different way, even though it's still a predator. It'll feel like something new and something that uh, audience might not dismiss out of hand. Oh, there's another alien film. Oh, there's another predator film. Yeah. So, especially after I tied the predator, yes. probably makes it feel now. So, you know, it, it, it could be a good marketing ploy. Yeah. Why is she not into Predator films if she likes horror? I'm curious. Um, I guess because of the action element. She's not an action lady. And there is a lot of action in Predator and then even in Predator 2. So and- she, she views them more as action than horror films. Yeah. Yeah, there's a there's a there's a lot of action element to it, and she would be more into a poltergeist, you know, or uh, a Halloween. 
Yeah, she's just well, not a fan. Like the last thing she's ever going to watch is John Wick. I mean, <laughs> she'll yeah, just I, heathen. I sus- heathen. <laughs> I suspect that they have got in reserve that they are going to play the mythological supernatural angle up if they were planning to try and keep it under wraps. So it might be that there's something they're going to play on what they did with Predators. It might be that one has released some other E.T. thing onto where the tribe is and it's hunting that and the tribe get in the middle of it. It's sort of like a pseudo-AVP sort of thing. And it might be that a lot of the trailers were going to feature scenes of this other thing so it might be that they will go that route with the marketing anyway i actually really like that idea like with the river ghost uh, that sort of thing yeah, I, doing I, it on I, Earth. Really, I really like that i would i would love to see that because you, you guys know how much i fucking love the river ghost and how much i hate that we didn't get more of him yeah oh eric you've you've made an expectation in me that i'm going to be yeah, sorely well, disappointed with seem- this To me, it seems like if that was their plan, they would have needed some sort of red herring that they can show in the adverts, but people wouldn't twig it's going to be, oh, it looks different from a predator. It's nothing like a predator. It's something else. Let's go and see what... And it turns out that it's the predator that's actually responsible for this thing being there, and the predator is hunting it. Again, it would go into the whole hunting motif where the the tribe themselves, that the Gleed character comes from, she would have a total understanding of that. Like when you have, like, with the original AVP story, when you have Machika and she understood, like, the stuff from the samurai and she understood the honor code, it'd be a similar sort of thing, except that it'd be Ooh. from a different angle. But yeah, I, I understand your point there. Yeah. I, I think, um, relatively, you know, I watched uh, this movie called, and I think we had talked about it or we brought it up. It was directed by Stephen Hopkins, um, who directed Prayer 2. It was The Ghost in the Darkness. And I think I had seen a teaser. I love track. that film. Okay. And I think I've seen, yeah, it's a great film. Yeah, it's a really good Guys, movie. and it's a true story too. Definitely check it out. Yep. I've seen the actual lions at the Field Museum in Chicago. They have them But I think there. there was a teaser trailer just had people being swiped out in the darkness in the fields, you know, taken down. And and, and it really couldn't Velociraptor like. Yeah, you couldn't even tell that it was lions taking them down. So there'd be definitely a way to market this even in the trailer, even though we know that things are taking down these Comanche warriors, you know, something in the dark, shrouded in the fog, in the mist. And they don't have to show yes, their hands. More, basically. Yeah. And um, I think even though the majority of us will know, you don't have to pack that in the trailer. I think Dan can still do this and be genuine about it. And I really hope he does. I really hope he doesn't give up. Ah, It's a Predator movie now. Cat's out of the bag. You know, I hope he sticks with his marketing plan. I still think it can work. And just in general, I think. And just in general, I do want to see more restrained marketing anyway. I really do hate everything being thrown in my face and knowing who's making it through to the end based on the trailers. One last note I did have in terms of discussion points for this. And it's it's kind of interesting, but kind of like, I don't know if I'd really like this. And it was just a random thought I had while looking through, you know, doing the research on the Comanches and stuff. So, you know, the, the, the tribe, and I think a lot of Native American, other, other Native American tribes, one of the things that really weakened, you know, their position of power on, on the plains and stuff was from plagues from European settlers you know, the Spanish and the English and stuff. And it was things like smallpox and measles and stuff like that that really wiped them out. What if we have a sort of War of the Worlds situation with dealing with the predators? How do you mean? <laughs> yeah, because I, I, thought it would, I thought it would be a thematic kind of feel based on the, you know, the topic. Well, I don't know how Native I... Americans inflict a plague on a predator. Yeah, so if... I don't know how that would um, work. No. The predators would have been coming here for a long time before. Yeah. 
Nope on that one, Aaron. No. <laughs> no, no I, I, think, I think that idea would be interesting if there's a way to do it. I can't think of a way to do it if the Predators have already been coming here since the year dot anyway. I don't know what the Native American. It would be the Native Americans that would be vulnerable to stuff the Predators yeah, might yeah. bring here. But I and don't know. I mean, it would be interesting well. if there's a way to, yeah, there's a way that's to do it. That's not back to basics. That's, that's going to yeah. add to the it was, it was just It no, was just a random thought I had. No super yeah. predators, no upgrade predators, no autism, and no plagues. <laughs> I was, I, one by thing I engineered plague designed yeah. specifically to kill the predators made by the 18th century Comanche. Well, actually, <laughs> no, there might be a way to do it if you said it that the they have faced predators before, and it might be that the, you know, the medicine man the shaman or something no. they ha- do have something in their background <laughs> where they know someone might, have, someone might have taken something from one of the predator ships or something and they've got it as in some sort of vial something along those lines you could say that they've taken something from a predator before but aside from that I, even that would require a lot yeah. of clever writing yeah. there's ways to do it but I don't know how better to just okay. not do it um, yeah. it was, it was yeah. just a random thought that <laughs> I, I had Another angle is if they've run into predators before, I would think it would be something like anyone who's gotten close enough would be their warriors and they only find their remains. Like none of them live to really tell the tale unless they had surrendered and then they're just talking about a demon or something. Well, unless it was someone who who didn't, who wasn't armed. Yeah, someone who was there that happened to watch people get taken out. So I don't think they'll have obviously much knowledge of these things beyond stories. And yeah. which we well, we've already talked about that. Yeah. yeah, I would like to touch upon the one aspect of the synopsis which um, did make me a little worried. Which is the thing. Now I don't know if this was the website that originally put this. They might have inserted this, but they do have that thing about a female character who goes against gender norms to become a warrior. Now I will say that having done some research on this, I think if they're doing this because it is Disney, they might be doing a virtue signal thing, uh, trying to put contemporary yeah, politics. I mean, Mister Mr. H did a pretty good video on this, and yeah, but it would I, be hard to fit something like this in a Native American era into the frame of contemporary gender but, politics. But, this, but let, let me just demonstrate what I'm a little concerned about, because if it is a thing where they're trying to insert a little bit of contemporary politics and trying to say, ah, oh, women have to break through the glass ceiling, I think it does a disservice because a lot of tribes were actually quite socially progressive back. They were more so than Europeans at that time. And I think it would be doing a disservice to them. Now, with Comanche specifically, I haven't been able to actually find much on how Comanches operated, but I, I'm pretty sure a lot of the most other tribes had, it was quite quite regular for there to be female warriors. You had some quite famous one. Well, I've got a list of them. Buffalo Calf Road Woman, she was a Cheyenne woman warrior. Dates, she was a Apache woman warrior. Lozen, she was a famous warrior and prophet of the Apache. There's one who her real name's been lost to time, but she was called Pine Leaf. She was just called Woman Chief of the Crow People. There was Running Eagle, a warrior woman from the Blackfoot Nation. There is a long and proud history of female warriors being quite regular. So in fact, one of those. There's one who, yeah, um, Cheyenne Law, Buffalo Calf Road Woman, was credited with striking the blow that knocked Custer off his horse before he died. There is a long and proud history of Native American tribes openly embracing female warriors. Now, in fact, I will read a little 
thing about it. Oh, what Europeans seldom realise is that Indian women were more powerful than they appeared to be on the surface. Unlike European women who had few rights, Indian women often owned whatever possessions the family had. Women had the right to demand divorce as opposed to Europeans. It was the male who's left without possessions. This is the Comanche specifically. The Indian women in their tribes were respected for their value to their villages. They were much more involved in village decision-making than their European counterparts, often made in life-and-death decisions concerning prisoners of war and adoptions. And it was the Europeans who were more backward. Now, as I say, I'm a little worried that if, and that is a big if, they're trying to insert a sort of an allegory to modern times that they are going to do a disservice to the Comanche people of the time. However, it's possible that the Comanche tribe themselves may have possibly been like that, in, in which case, fine. But I'm just saying I haven't been able to find out anything about it. I do know that in I a think lot of it's... tribes, it was the girls that the girls and boys, they were they had like a bow and arrow and something else that represented domestic stuff and warrior stuff they were allowed to go off in whatever direction they wanted and that would sort of dictate it but they could change it at a later time there was no hard and fast rule for denying them to be warriors if they were girls so that's all i'm worried yeah i just think i just think it's a little early to be worried if they're going to be doing any pandering i think as mr h pointed out in his video it would be pretty hard for them to insert contemporary gender politics into something said in this era I have a few worries, and it has nothing to do with gender politics. And uh, I know Aaron's going to, actually, Adam's probably going to have a problem with this, but let's just talk ADI really quick. I know they're great guys. I know these guys are friends of the podcast, and they're very talented, extremely talented, wonderful guys. But for some reason, in my eyes and many other Predator fans, they're just not very good with predators. With predators, they feel like football players playing basketball and they should stick to football. Get back to what you're good at because look, everyone has strengths and weaknesses in every profession, including me. And to me, predators is just not ADI strength. Their predators are top heavy. They're big headed. They're broken jawed. And they've had three stabs. Well, that is, that is subjective. And yes, yes, to me. I said to me. And for me, it's time to pass it on to someone else. I, I want to have a favorite predator again. Another favorite predator worthy to be matched up to the jungle hunter, to the city hunter, to the lost predators, even the fine work of KNB as... <laughs> As Mike Harrigan said, you know, you'll get another chance. Well, ADI had three and their stuff just doesn't meet. <laughs> their stuff just doesn't meet up to the quality of Stan Winston and, and, and even KNB to me. And it's just not working, not for me. So, you know, and I tweeted Dan about this and likely I got a lot of likes. I think I'm one of the, the higher tweets, you know, based on likes and replies under his, you know, oh my crap. You know, the, the announcement's out of the bag, the cat's out of the bag. But I just hope we give a new FX house another chance. You know, ADI, they have had three movies now, and I just hope we, we, we give it to some new blood, you know, because I want to have a Predator that rivals the ones that are always the favorite. I disagree. I, I feel like ADI has always done good Predators. Again, this is subjective. I feel like their weakest Predators were an AVP, and that was because of the bulkiness. But I still think what they did with the armor is, and what they did with the characters in that was well done. I think Wolf is still 
one of the best predators we've ever seen on screen. And part of me feels like ADI was kind of gypped a little bit in the Predator because they created two new original Predator characters. Like they did one that was more classic looking, which is fugitive if we're not taking his armor into account. And then they created these two emissary Predators, which we never got to see on screen. And so I'm sure that was disappointing for ADI, just as with the Thing prequel, when they coded over all their really awesome work with CG. And so I feel like with the last Predator movie, they were kind of not fully utilized. I know how you say new new blood, AJ, but but typically when they when creature effects studios do these projects, they bring on a lot of temporary new artists. So and I'm sure that would be the case for, for any studio. I K and B did great work on Predators. I would not be sad if they were brought on to do this. I'm sure they would do a fantastic job. I'm sure Legacy Effects, if if they did this, would do a fantastic job. I'm sure Odd Studio would do a fantastic job. I'm sure any creature effects studio would, would make some awesome predators. They might not have the exact mandibles you want. <laughs> But they well, it's, it's not just mandible. If you look, you you compare the fugitive predator to one of the classic predators. The head is twice as big. If you actually look at it straight on, the eye sockets are so narrow that it doesn't have the correct proportion, and the jaws hang so low, and the jaws just fold. Fair, they have these little that ripples. That was only in some promotional images, and I think no, the, uh, no, no. I've screenshots. You know this. <laughs> you you have a tendency to pick the really yeah, terrible. Yeah, moment. you do. You and really do. No, to, to no, be fair, look at the fugitive and he opens those doors up, you know, in the lab and he's just staring straight out or he's looking straight at Casey. For it's, most people, the fugitive design was the least of that movie's problems. Yeah. I mean, well, yes, I will agree 100% that the script, <laughs> if you compare the script to the fugitive. Not to mention, FX. ADI didn't do the armor for for the fugitive. Um, I'm not complaining about the armor. I'm complaining yeah, well, no, about no, no, the head. I yeah, love the I, I didn't. I never I thought the, the head was too out of proportion. I think that one terrible promo image you typically share is no. is part of the a little bit of um, forced perspective. I also share no. I also share a lot of screenshots as well, and it's just the, the way that. I tell you what, I'm not the only one who actually brings up these issues, you know, and, no, and ADI, I, I, ADI has been ragged on for their aliens and, and their predators. I really I do that. love Wolf with his mask on, but they really have to me and to many other fans that have are speaking up. They're on Twitter. They're on our message boards that it's time. They've never rivaled the originals. I know you're a big fan and I love some of their other work. I really do. I love their queen on AVP. So I'm not ADI guys. If you're listening, you guys are great, but I just, I just don't feel like predators is your your knack. You know, everyone has a knack. You know, I could I can make steak, but I don't do well with burgers. Well, ADI predators is your burgers. I, I, well, to be fair, a lot of people love Wolf. Like a lot of people say, Wolf's one of the most, their favorite designs, if not their favorite predator. I would argue they they argue as well with the mask on. They have trouble when the mask is off with with Wolf. It's really what I'm talking about is when the, when the bio mask is off. I'm not talking about the AVP armor. And I, I like Wolf as long as he keeps that bio mask on, but I can't even recognize these things anymore. And the jaws, they can't even close. They just kind of hang loose and it looks very... And we have the same problem in Predators now. Come on. Not nearly. Not nearly. <laughs> predators looked great in comparison so personally speaking when it was pointed out i do miss that x closing of the mouth because yes it doesn't seem like any of adis have, have had that uh, default resting position when you pointed it out i do really miss it but other than that and i have one one specific nitpick when it comes to adis predators and that's that there's a small little flap of mandible skin that i don't 
think was really there on stands that I dislike. But other than that, you know, I really do think they were on form for the Predator. I really do. I think Fugitive looked fantastic with his mask off. But I do agree with you in, in terms of that. Can be. I would happily see back to see them actually have time to build a suit in less than four or, or five weeks, whatever it was. What would you guys think about legacy effects? Because, I mean, those were Stan's guys that, that kind of reformed their studio. But you've got to remember that a lot of Stan's guys also moved on to do their own stuff. Right. You know, KMB was Stan's guys. ADI was Stan's guys. ADI yeah. was. Um, Not for very Steve, long. Yeah. Steve Wang had his own company as well at one point. And, you know, Steve Wang, you know, he, he was one of the main dudes on the first Predator. It doesn't look like he's involved with the company that he was in. I think he, he was co-owner of something called Studio uh, Alliance Studios. And I don't think they're still around. But, you know, seeing Steve Wang back would be, be pretty sweet as well. But it is going to be the same circle of guys. It is. It's going to. It's probably you know going to be one of the ones we've already talked about that had already worked with Stan Winston. And you know a lot of it's going to come down to the particulars of what the of what Dan you know what Dan wants to see. You know we've seen some great cosplay. I mean there is some really talented people that actually make Predator custom suits now with even functional mandibles that open and close for like two thousand three thousand dollars to fans with wonderful brilliant different type of paint design and battle scars and i think aaron you've seen them on the boards right and they're wonderful and they and they kind of are similar to the stan winston style that the head's in proportion to the body and i i do think there's 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 talent out there and probably talent that uh with enough time can make something extraordinary that we could just fall in love with again and i'm i just you know for me and a lot of us out there and uh, I, i definitely respect everyone's opinion including yours adams it just um <laughs> I feel like it's time for some new blood, but you know yeah, what? And I, and I respect yours as well. I respect yours as well. I, 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 I would be fine with KNB. They did great work on Predators. I would be fine with Legacy. Like I said, I'm sure any creature effects studio would at least do a good job. Now, they might not do it as perfectly as the original Predator ones. I don't think any creature effects studio has matched the first two movies in terms of getting that Predator look exactly right. But I also think every studio can can improve their work over time. So talk about something else I would love to see, and I'm not even sure if he's doing it anymore. Is Alan Silvestri still composing? I think he's yeah, well, about he, he said he wanted to. He would be interested in doing the Predator. He spoke up, but obviously yeah. he wasn't yeah. chosen. So that was something I was going to mention. It would be interesting to see him come back because he did some fantastic tribal sounding stuff for the first two, obviously. And I'd be very interested to see what, how he would work in North North American Indian tribal themes into this. It could be because you know you could work in a lot of like Western types stuff like you've, you've got some even some of the music in red dead redemption 2 there's some some hints of native american stuff in there as well but yeah i would be very interested to see Sylvester because that he would be yeah. a what i would refer to like as much as if stan winston was still alive i would refer to alan Sylvester coming back as a key ingredient he would be yeah. like a good omen for me yeah and he he would be one to to research you know native american instruments you know and incorporate i mean he would really i think make a third soundtrack special we're still incorporating the original themes that we love and come accustomed to but make it something entirely its own you know something that to me composers like i, I know you're a fan aaron but that john debney for predators couldn't do it felt like a pale attempt to do what Sylvester does with his own work it felt thin to me 
Actually, I even I prefer. Disagree. <laughs> I, I know, I know you disagree. I know, and I know Aaron definitely disagrees. With Predator Two, a lot of the music and and I love Sylvester's work, so don't get this twisted. But a lot of the music felt like not much of a departure from from the first film. Oh, you didn't say that in our Predator Two podcast. It actually he expanded off it. The he new tracks were great. The new tracks were great. I'm not right. saying I'm not saying it was a carbon copy. And I do feel like yes, Predator is probably was closer to the first movie than. The the Predator 2 was. So Predator 2 had a great soundtrack. I'm just saying the fundamentals felt very much like Predator 1. If we're doing something as dramatic of a shift as going hundreds of years into the past, then I don't know if you'd want to go with the same kind of sounds that you would associate with the movie in the 80s and the 90s. But then again, if you're just doing the same themes on completely different instruments... Yeah, I, could, I think it it's the equivalent of Brad Fidel when he did Terminator 2 compared it to yeah. the first Terminator. There's a lot of similarities, but if you actually listen to the soundtrack, it is definitely one that he expanded upon. I think Sylvester is he's, he's obviously got Western themed experience because if you remember Back to the Future Part 3, there's a lot of those Western themes. But now if he's told to do not cowboy Western, but Native American Western, he's going to do like you heard with, if any of you have heard the soundtrack for Beowulf, that's a really great soundtrack he's done for that. But he worked in sort of like more Celtic stuff into that. So I, th- I think he could do a really. I'm sure good he job. could. I'm sure he could do a fantastic job. So I didn't mean to like say I think he would just do another, you know, something very similar to to Predator One and Two. I think he would do a departure. So if he would be willing to come back, that that would be cool to see. They're not going to be spending the money on the cast. I think. I think this is going to be pretty much you know a new inspired cast. So if you if you're saving your salary there, I mean, please. Dan, spend it on Alan if you can, if he's willing. Well, it probably will be interesting. You know, like Eric said, and I was going to bring it up as well. You know, he did say he wanted to do The Predator. So I'm sure if if it was an option, I'm sure he'd still do this. You know, it's one of his iconic, um, you know, iconic themes. Yeah, it'd be fantastic. You know, I will say a secondary choice for me, and I'm curious if you'll agree with me on this, Aaron. I don't think Eric or AJ will. I've always wanted Brian Tyler back. I thought he did a great job on on AVPR. it, It was very much a... Well, no, Voodoo's an AR, AVPR fan. You know, yeah, this, I, I, I enjoyed seeing the two of you go at each other over it, different w- It would be curious to see if, if Brian Tyler, like, because AVPR was very much like the best of the whole franchises. Yeah, it was. Um, yeah. If he did something a bit more focused, it would be cool to mm-hmm. see it, what it, he it, could it, do it, with it, that. Because the little like, the, the tribal notes that you, you had in AVPR were really well done, I thought. I, I did like that score. I'm a fan of that too. Over actually AVP score. I know we have some diehard AVP yeah. score fans, but I prefer like, the Requiem score, even though it is somewhat feels like a greatest hits in a way. But it also has its own identity with yeah. things like um, Declaration Proclamation. You know, the, the the big 10 minute long thing on the soundtrack, you know, it, it did have its own identity. Yeah. So, yeah. And a score could be a heart of the film. As we learn with Predators, I think in both Predator and Predator 2, it, it elevated the material, you know? It actually, it helped it raise to become something more, you know? If you ever imagine that uh, someone that maybe wasn't as talented with such iconic themes would be, you know, laid in the background of that 87 film, it could have been a much less gratifying experience. So, it would only feel right if we're getting back to basics to bring back Silvestri if if we could. And just to have another soundtrack of Silvestri, you know, of another Predator film, ah, would make fans just swoon 
I guess he's worked on the new Cosmos series. Oh, he did Avengers Endgame. Oh, really? Oh, there you go. But but didn't did he do the whole thing? Because I thought he did the first Avenger, so a lot of the themes will be no, his. Maybe. Yeah. You know, that 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 Avengers theme is is his. Yeah, but did Sylvester get credit for Predators? Well he got he got credit for hunting grounds for the theme. Well that yeah, yeah. that I understand. Does anybody have any anything else they want to bring up in terms of skulls? I'm gonna I'm gonna call it from now on. No, just that I'm excited that this film's coming out, and I'm going to give Dan the benefit of the doubt. I, I hope he really listens to our podcast, you know? It's just, <laughs> you know, there's a chance out there, especially if this was a pitch of his, that he is secretly a Predator fan. You know, kind of like James Gunn, how he came out of the blue and pitched Guardians of the Galaxy. He was always a fan, and maybe, just maybe, you know, he's going to put Predator back on the right track. And that's that's what any Predator fan is just looking for, especially after The Predator, you know? Yeah. We want a good film. He's, we want a Mad Max Fury Road in our franchise. Regardless mm-hmm. of my reservations about 10 Cloverfield Lane, the movie was well-directed, and he seems like he knows what he's doing as a director. But please just keep Bad Robot away from this. <laughs> they have done <laughs> enough to sci-fi already. <laughs> I'm really looking forward to this, personally. You know, a, a period piece has been something I've been begging for for a long time. And just, you know, having read up on the Comanche and how fierce they were and how brutal they were, I'm just excited of the prospect of somebody charging a predator on, on horseback. You know, these guys were notoriously effective and amazing cavalry fighters. So I'm just, I'm so excited to see something like that visualized on, on the screen. The weight's going to be a killer. And I know we're a little bit off from this. That's why I was, like I said, Adam and I knew about this for a couple of months, was not expecting any sort of announcement. So I was really surprised to see it. And again, it wasn't an official announcement, so we should still be waiting for this. We shouldn't know that this is coming. So I think we are going to be in for a bit of a a horrible long wait, waiting for any further information on this one. But looking forward to it, feeling surprisingly optimistic considering how much the Predator bums me out. But yeah, how about you, Eric? Final words on that? As with anything, I'm going to wait and see because it could just as easily turn out the opposite. But don't say it. It's, no, because it could. You have to take a. You have to factor that in. I can't say this is going to be great because, of course, of a course. lot of fans do that and then they have egg on their face. There's reasons but, to be optimistic. Yes, but I will say this is the first predator-related project in a long time where just the synopsis alone has made me sit up, take notice, and gone. This could have all the right ingredients for at least a fun, memorable film. At least something of Predator's level, hopefully better, hopefully Hopefully something with a more mature tone, because it does have it all there. And as has been mentioned, the the biggest thing about this is it's a prequel, and it's the exact right type of environment where if you decided, what could we do with a Predator, this would have to be in at least your top five, if not top ten settings. I'm very interested to see where they take this. Assuming it's done right, and my hope is just, as I said earlier, that they don't just make things up for the mythology, they actually work things into it because the stuff is rich enough to be included and you could do such chilling, resonant stuff. We could bring it back to where it was and that's what I'm hoping for. Anyone out there who may be involved in this eventually, fingers crossed, we wish you the best of luck. Indeed. And Dan, Patrick, if you are listening, we'd love to have you on the show when the film's out. 
And Adam, you didn't think we'd be able to talk about anything. I still <laughs> think we a lot of this was just our speculation and, well, and wish list. Well, it is. There's and nothing stuff, wrong with that. It's what fans yeah. do. That's true. And I bet if you there's people for speculation, been... we wouldn't have the message boards. They would well, be I'm, I am looking forward to our three hour podcast when we finally get the first teaser. <laughs> yes. <laughs> three. Indeed. It'll be five at least. But anyway, thank you everybody for listening. We should have one more episode this year, which will be our traditional last AVP episode of the year. We're going to be doing Hunter's Planet, which I'm halfway through actually, and I'm surprised at how much I'm enjoying it because I have memories of hating it. I don't know how long it'll take me to have put this uh, podcast up, so we probably will have had some new videos over the last couple of weeks. As of recording, I've just put up a behind-the-scenes look at the early development development hell days of the AVP movie and some of the could-have been and some of the stuff that we aren't generally not um, you know public knowledge i think of how that could have turned out and the things that went on during those days so go check that out there'll be a law video up that i've done on gideon lee from avp eternal adam said he had some things planned we'll see if they materialize hopefully they will i'm going to try to shame him into generating more content aj are you still wanting to do the generally unknown things of predator 2 yeah absolutely cool so maybe we'll see that but yeah, keep you know keep an eye out on the YouTube channel. We we are throwing more stuff on there. We don't churn it out, and that's because I mean, personally speaking, I put a lot of time into into the research and the prep and stuff. I'm not reading off a of Xenopedia, so you know it does take me a bit of time to do. And I think it's for your guys and girls as uh, you know benefit in terms of the quality of what we're putting out there. Uh, thank you f- to everybody who's been subscribing to the page recently. There has been a nice you know increase in in subscribers, and I'd like to see that happening. Please do share the videos if you are enjoying them. Uh, in terms of the podcast. Please, if you are listening to this and not watching it, uh, leave us reviews on on the platforms, you know, iTunes, um, Stitcher, whatever. Spotify. Spotify, um, especially iTunes, because reviews and ratings really do help our visibility. And, you know, I think we do a good job. I'd I'd like more visibility. So We do a great job. So, you know, please, please do leave reviews on, on the show. It's very much appreciated. And as always, everybody who's been writing in, uh, who does communicate, you know, who does get in touch at podcast at AVP Galaxy, it, it is continued to be appreciated and, and it does, you know, just put a smile on our faces. As always, if you want to find out more about the other angles of the community, the arms of the community, the hubs avpgalaxy.net, we do have a message board, old school, and it's still organized. And, uh, you know, it doesn't trigger my OCD of lost uh, discussions on Facebook groups. You know, register an account, join in with the rest of us nerds. And if Facebook is where you do prefer your discussion, we do have a Facebook group and a Facebook page. So make sure you like the page and, and join the group. Join in. And we're on Twitter as at AVP Galaxy. And if you just prefer pretty pictures, we do have an Instagram page where it is just pretty pictures. And that's Alien versus Predator Galaxy or AVP Galaxy. Thank you, everybody, for watching. This has been Corporal Hicks. Rich Tap. Voodoo Magic. Xenomorphine. Get into the chopper.